I'm doing fine. Thanks for asking, Gunner. How you doing, um, Ben? <laughs> uh, this is another episode of Save It for the Pod, and today we're talking about uh, dance music bands that have live drummers and how they incorporate those. And uh, yeah, I think that we're probably going to have a little bit of differing answers because I think we maybe interpreted what it was a little differently uh, in a fun way, but... Yeah. Yeah, I just took it as bands that either there's live drummers on the record or not, but they definitely use them live and how they incorporate that. So this is I mean, you and I were talking about what do we want to talk about next time? Yeah. And um, we were both excited by this idea. It's also such a it's a very broad. Mm -hmm. It's super broad. So it's like I feel like in no ways, at least for my answers, is this any kind of like lineage of dance drum, you know, like I just picked stuff I liked. Um, I'm right with you. Yeah. And I don't even know if it technically qualifies as the subject. Um, I will say we did put on the big fast snare drum Instagram, uh, asking questions about drummers that people want mm -hmm. to hear from. And I did actually incorporate three answers from that into my answers. So I want to I want to pat myself on the back for actually <laughs> um, listening to the audience, and also it was three drummers that I selfishly wanted to talk about. So it kind of like crosses, it checks a lot of boxes. Yeah, I don't think I actually did because uh, we kind of talked about this subject, and then I was using that as a separate yeah. thing. So you're probably you're better than I am at running the big fat snare drum Instagram. <laughs> but uh... <laughs> all right, so let, let's start it off. Um, you want me to start? Yeah. Uh, my first pick is the Talking Heads, sorry, is Talking Heads, no the, uh, Talking Heads, oh. the song Once in a Lifetime on the album Remain in Light, and the drummer is Chris France. With a beautiful wife, and you may ask yourself, So uh, I like this. I mean, this record, Remain in Light, is one of my favorite records. Uh, a little story I have about getting into this record. Um, my old band, The Exit, we had a you know 15-person passenger van, like all bands seem to have at one point. Mm -hmm. And um, the you know we had a tape player, and you could put the remember those old like it was like a. Uh, adapter. It was like a tape with a wire that would connect to your CD player. Yes, and it broke after three weeks. Yeah, or? so it broke, and we were we had just started a tour, and um, we went to a gas station and bought just a bunch of like tapes out of a you know the cheap tape bin, yeah. and that was one of the tapes. And we're like, oh, cool, Talking Heads, like great. And we put it in there, and for whatever reason, we left it in. I want to say no literally less than three weeks it was just the only thing that was in the in the tape player and it just kind of played on loop mm -hmm. um and so we just kind of it was just we were just listening to it all the time uh very like sub, not even paying attention to it half the time and about a month after i got off tour i went out of my way to listen to it with headphones the entire time i'd been hearing it was just out of our shitty van speakers yeah. and I couldn't believe I actually wanted to listen to this because I had been listening to it for like a whole three weeks of tour already. And I, there was all, you know, all the like fun ear candy. And I, it, it kind of makes sense that we were listening to this record for so long because the stories I've read about it, um, it sounds, first of all, every song is kind of in one key. It's, and it's essentially one chord progression. And the things that are differentiating uh, the sections, you know, such as a chorus or a verse or a bridge is really just, they're either adding layers or changing up a vocal melody, but the bass line, the drum, everything almost stays the same the entire song. Uh, apparently, Brian Eno, who produced it, was super into um, Fela Kuti at the time. So they, were, they would literally just play a section and loop it for 10 or 20 minutes and then write music to each of those parts. 
And then that's kind of how the record came together, apparently. So it was all very, it's all very, you know, it's static. It's this one beat. He's playing one beat the whole time. And I feel like the other bands I'm going to reference later, this is like a total, you know, building block for just like the modern day indie rock dance, you know, sounds from the 80s, uh, you know, all the stuff that's like my favorite stuff. Um, And it was also music that my mom was listening to in the 80s. Like my mom and my uncle, they were making these dance mixtapes when I was a kid that I used to listen to all the time. And like these, this was on there, uh, Tom, you know, like Tom, Tom club, the bassist and drummer from talking heads, other band was like, so this music was kind of like a part of my childhood. And then when I got into it again, you know, 20 years later, it was, it was, it resonated just in the same way. All right. So, uh, my turn, your turn. Yay. All right. So (laughs) this, this is the drummer that I think, when we first started talking about drummers we want to talk about, we mentioned him, but it's Stephen Morris. It's the drummer for uh, New Order, also the drummer for Joy Division. And this song, Ceremony, I mean, just in general, uh, Stephen Morris is a great example of that band, New Order, you kind of see them progress. You see them mature with their music as the band releases records. Um, and yeah. I would even include Joy Division in that kind of, uh, you know, succession of of maturity, but Stephen Morris is kind of, I think, the trailblazer for a lot of what we know as dance drums and incorporating electronics on the recording and then trying to incorporate that live. Yeah. I'm actually reading his, or I'm listening to his book on Audible right now, and oh, cool. uh, it's called Record, Play, Pause, and I think it stops, and I'm sorry if I'm getting this wrong because I'm only like a third of the way through, but I think it stops in the middle of Joy Division. It doesn't keep going, but it's a really interesting listen or read and just talks about his childhood, and he went through a lot in his childhood, but really interesting guy, really, really smart guy. And the song Ceremony that I wanted to kind of showcase his drumming and his kind of his thought process, I guess Ceremony was actually one of the last songs written by Joy Division, and they okay. actually have a live recording of it that's under Joy Division, even though it's considered a, a New Order song. Yeah, so the, 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 the version that was released for New Order was the first one they released as New Order. And, and then they took it down, re-recorded it, made it more of what you know as New Order today, like smaller hi-hats, um, a little more synth, a little more, like I said, New Order-y, and then re-released it. But the one that I like is the first version they released as New Order, which is, it almost sounds like a demo because his drums come in so weirdly and it sounds like it's kind of a first take and that he doesn't really know what's going on in the coolest way. Let me play it and you'll, you'll see what I mean. And it's every single time I hear any other version of it, I always anticipate and and miss the weirdness of the drums in the first version. And that's kind of sometimes it sounds live. It sounds like they're it sounds like it's like half a jam. Yeah. And um, like it's like it feels like they're playing live and like maybe the singer is like off stage or something or like waiting for him to come, you know, like, (laughs) yeah somebody's killing time and like, wait, Oh, we're we're going. And then the beat comes in. Yeah, no, it definitely, there's a lot of visual cues I'm sure in the studio on that. And like we were saying when it was, when it was playing, I think the guitar is out of tune. Um, It's a lot slower than the re-release. And I think this version is just, I mean, and this has been one of those, it's not as, as covered as yesterday, but so many bands have covered ceremony. Radiohead's covered ceremony. Um, There's this LA band called day wave. That's covered it. Uh, It's just a really, Really cool melody when you when it finally gets the chorus, it's you know, and we can move on, but I just wanted to talk about Steven's way of still being really intricate, uh, but New Order I I love their respect for melody. And it's like I said, if you ever get a chance to go on like a you know, a three hour walk or something, just listen to just their 
their discography start to finish and you can just see how they progress and uh that perspective i'll actually give credit to brian de leon who kind of turned me on to new order anyways yeah stephen morris yeah that's great i love that music i i i'm i'm, I'm a little more um of a joy division person of the two of those two bands but yeah i mean bizarre love triangle is like we play i, I play like I'm, well, not this year, but I play with a bunch of, you know, ex-indie rock guys, and we play weddings, and Bizarre Love Triangle is always, it's just so good, you know? And, um, yeah, I just love all that stuff. It's funny, I use that song a lot in, in my drum lessons, because there's, there's the bass drum pattern that changes throughout the verse and pre-chorus and chorus, and then the hi-hat, where he chooses to open up the hi-hat kind of remains the same through a lot of it, but it, it, the, to be able to do that independence is, yeah, I just use it a lot as an example of, uh, you know, independence. So it's a cool beat yeah. as well. Cool. Uh, nothing wrong with a cool beat, you know. <laughs> uh, speaking of cool beats, um, I want to talk about one of my favorite bands, Blonde Redhead. Oh, I hate it when I, I want to be able to ha have something to say, but I've never heard of them. So that, that's awesome. You've never heard of Blonde Redhead? No. That's and amazing. then Tucker was on last week. I'd never heard of Quicksand. I'm an idiot. Apparently. Oh my gosh. Ben, I love you. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's very, it's very sweet when people don't know things because I think we're all like always like, oh, I should know everything. Like, yeah, but you know, a bunch of stuff about like New Warner that I don't, you know, it's like, that's, what's great. Yeah. Blonde Redhead is one of my favorite bands. New York City band. Um, it's a woman and two brothers who are twins. And <laughs> if you if you look up pictures of them, it's just awesome because it really looks like there's two people and then one of the persons people in the band is like a clone. Um, it's like some shitty graphic designer was like, I'll make the guy yeah. twice. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of awesome. Cause because they're twins, I honestly don't know which is which. The drummer's name is Simone. Pace or Pace, P-A-C-E. I'm going to send you some records by this band that I really like because it's just, it's really great music. Her, uh, the singer uh, is, um, her name's Kazu and her voice is just haunting. And I think she's, she's married to the guitarist Amadeo and then Amadeo and Simone are twin brothers. And it's just, it's got, they have this very interesting vibe on stage uh, for years, they didn't have a bass player. Um, Amadeo played guitar, and Kazu would play like a second guitar or like a, like a baritone guitar, I think. Okay. Um, but uh, so check uh, there. So there's this was the one I kind of wanted to do a, a quick double of. Um, the, the first when I thought about like what songs do I want to do for this, this first beat came to mind. Um, it's the song called Bipolar. And it's by Blonde Redhead. It's on the record, Fate Can Be Just As Great. Is that what it's called? I'm very prepared. Blonde Fate Redhead. Can Be Just As Good. Yes. That's a sweet title. Um, so look up the song Bipolar. This is just, uh, this beat just came into my head. This was the first thing that jumped into my head that when I wanted to like look into live kind of dancey drums that were interesting. Sure. I hear it as one, two, and one, two, yeah. and one, two, and one, two, and one. Um, There's kind of a count off, too, because it kind of yeah, like makes you yeah. believe that. So, yeah. Um, and it, it sounds, I, I'm pretty sure he's like playing like shaker in one hand. You know, at one point, it sounds like he goes to the ride with the shaker because you kind of hear a, a washy thing. Um, yeah. the, but so here's the thing that's a cool song. That's a cool beat. Um, it is a cool beat. Uh, I want to, I want to, go to a more official pick, mm -hmm. which is not that song. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I want you to look up the song in particular by Blonde Redhead. It's on Melody of a Certain... Again, I don't know the full name. Melody of, a, Melody of Certain Damaged Lemons. <laughs> Jesus. 
Um, All right. So you, we were talking about her vocals and we were listening and uh, I get, I, I can see the Die Antwoord or D Antwoord. Oh, uh-huh. She, she pulls a lot from that girl's vocals. I'm Maybe. assuming this is this is prior to D Antwoord stuff. Yeah, this um, is like late 90s, very early 2000s. Yeah, that's sick, um, man. Yeah, I mean, like you brought up the point like, oh, it's in six, right? And like, I've never once thought that because it's so just groovy. Yeah. You know, like there's, that's what's cool about four on the floor just like quarter note stuff is you can get away with stuff being in six and it, it never feels like proggy. Mm -hmm. Um, but what I love about this beat, it's, it's, it's really simple. Like I think there's a few different layers. There's like four on the floor, kind of like just the dance go-to beat. And then these layers of kind of like maybe they're claps or rims. And then almost it reminds you like pet sounds, these like random moments of snare, like, Digga digga like there's some like fit like I don't know I it, he's probably overdubbing some of it because it the sounds are a little different but sure the whole time you're just like and it's a very st again kind of similar to my last pick it's a very static song where there's a guitar there's a couple of guitars I don't even know if there's like bass on the song like it just stays in this one zone. And it's super hypnotic, and it's just like what I've what I've what I've learned about myself is like four on the floor is kind of my favorite thing. <laughs> um, I think growing up, as when you start playing drums, you think it's kind of like oh, it's so easy. Like that's not cool. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, the more we talk about these songs, I'll I'll keep bringing it up, but. It's just the best, like four on the floor, just like the the heartbeat, the pulse. It's just, it's so satisfying. Uh, I will kind of lead into my next song, uh, which I don't know if we want to blow our load too quickly, but it's going to be Pat Mahoney from LCD Sound System. Yep. Uh, or I think it's Pat Mahoney. I actually don't know specifically. If you know, that's a good song. point because I, uh, no, no, keep going. Because I looked up, there was a song I was listening to of theirs the other day and I looked it up and I, and I'm pretty sure it was actually James Murphy playing. So yeah. um, what song is it? So my song that I picked is, I felt like weird like pick, picking the, the titular song, but it's uh, Sound of Silver from the record, the, the record Sound of Silver. Yep. This song was funny because the first time I heard it, I would have fought someone if they told me it wasn't Ringo singing it with him. Oh. That sound of silver, talk to me. It sounds <laughs> exactly like Ringo Starr. Yeah. And uh, I'm actually just going to, Drop the audio in right now, and you listeners can tell me if I'm crazy or not. Sound of silver, talk to me. Makes you want to feel like a teenager. Until you remember the feelings of a real-life emotional teenager. Then you think again. Sound of silver, talk to me. Makes you want to feel like a teenager. Until you remember the feelings of... I did a see YouTube has credits now for a lot of stuff. And uh, yeah, mixing it says drums, guitar, organ, percussion, piano, programming, vocals, James Murphy. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that song I will say before we move before we keep talking about this song, the song that's also on this album, Us versus Them, is my favorite bass drum sound in the world. Every single time I sit behind a kit, that is my that is my choice, and I'm going to drop in the audio just uh, to be self-indulgent, uh, just like the first little bit, so you can hear what I'm talking about. This is Ben Hilsinger's choice for bass and sounds. <laughs> so that song is cool and it's kind of going off what you're talking about where the song never really goes anywhere in a good way yep. uh, melodically and quarterly but 
Because the, the sound of silver talk to me makes me want to feel like a teenager. That line is just repeated the whole song. That's the only lyrics in the whole song is the first kind of stanza you hear. But the song definitely has a life and a story it tells. And little side story, that record, he wanted to get inspired. So he actually covered the entire studio in silver fabric and yeah. tinfoil. Hence why it's called Sound of Silver. Yeah. But uh, anyways, that song... Uh, is is cool because <laughs> it's cool. It's a perfect. It's it's a cool beat. Uh, your turn, Gunner. Anyways, uh, yeah. So James Murphy and Pat Mahoney and everyone in, in LCD has has been pretty. You know, they're famous for saying if there's a a blank and blank on the record, if you go see us live, someone's playing that blank and blank live. Yeah. They don't do backing tracks, and so this song in, in particular is very approachable for someone who doesn't necessarily know LCD's sound system. But he adds in little little trinkets and toms yeah. and auxiliary percussion throughout the song. And the main beat is just, you know, the 16th notes on the hi-hat and the four on the floor. And it kind of dances around that. And every time I've seen uh, live versions of that song... Do you ever see them live? I've never seen them live. Well, no, oh. I, I take it back. I saw part of them at, at uh, Sasquatch in 2009. But I was really tired. It was midday. You're on and, shrooms. And I was on 55 shrooms. <laughs> and um, yeah, no, I don't really remember it because I was that was before I really yeah. had good taste in music. But um, yeah, one more thing about that song. <clears throat> actually, two more things. It's kind of a challenge every time because around two minutes, maybe mm-hmm. 150, it, uh, the drums drop out and there's kind of this delayed uh, tom or bass drum sound that kind of does this like... I'm not, I'm not editing this out. But <laughs> you should it, also play it. You should play that part, the literal version, because I want to see how close you are. I will play it right now. But um, so they like play on a downbeat because the drums drop out. So you kind of you're bobbing your head. Yeah. And then he, he like displaces it by like a 30 second note or a 16 note. And you're like, you're kind of discombobulated. And then it's a challenge to see if you're in your car and you can still like, I know where the one is. Yeah. And then the bass drum comes back in. And uh, it's, I, I rarely get it right, but when I do, it's a good day. Hearing it through your phone, through the mic, was easier for me to hear it. Great. You know, cause like sometimes there's that, sometimes your brain can be tricked by like such a little thing. And 100%. since I could barely hear what was happening, I just kind of like could see you nodding. And I was like, there's nothing hard about that, but I, I, I know what you mean. <laughs> um, yeah, this band's great because I, I give this band a lot of credit because, you know, as I was mentioning when I was a kid, my mom listened to a lot of kind of this 80s dance music in the 80s. And, you know, I've mentioned on this podcast before, like Nirvana was a big deal for me. I got really into them and then like punk rock. And early 2000, early, yeah, I think it's like, yeah, early 2000s when this band kind of came on the New York scene, it was kind of that punk rock ethos and energy playing these kind of like cocaine disco beats Mm -hmm. and it kind of, I don't know. I feel like there was a part of me that thought it wasn't cool to like dance music or electronic. I don't know. Like I just had this very, like when you're a teenager or like early twenties and you like make these rules for yourself and you don't Uh totally let things in. um, This band kind of snuck one in on me and I was like, Oh, it's like really cool to like, kind of this faux disco and four on the floor. And um, I mean, almost every song has the same beat and mm. the beat, the 16th note, you know, I've, I've also picked one of their songs and looking it up, we were kind of talking about this. Like, is it James Murphy? Is it Pat Mahoney? Um, I feel like maybe Jerry I should just, Fuchs is the third one that we were like, who, yeah, I don't know what's, there? I don't know what songs he's played on, but yeah. um I mean, I feel like since we're talking about them, we should just do a a, a bang bang, do a back to backer. 
Let's do. I know. I, that's what I'm saying. I didn't want to blow the low because I think you were kind of building up to Pat. But uh, I wasn't. I, and it turns out the song I picked is also supposedly James Murphy. I mean, I've seen Pat play it live, and I mean, yeah. Pat's it's he, he's great. Um, shout out to my friend Guy who plays in Pat's band, Museum of Love. Um, the song I picked. Are we finished with your thing, or am I cutting you off? I only want to say one more thing. It's uh, and I was so frustrated last night. I couldn't find this damn song to make this joke work. But maybe email me at Ben's Neurotic at BigFatSnareDumb.com. But BigFatSnareDumb? Uh, Did you say yeah, dumb? Like, yeah. Yeah, that was the joke, Gunner. Good. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, no, but it's right before the bells come in. I mean, James is like totally just does not take it seriously. I mean, he probably does. I've heard stories that he really does. But on record, he kind of seems like he's just having fun with it. And so right before the bells come in on this song, he just goes, bells. And then the bells come in. <laughs> yeah. And it reminded me, I couldn't find it, this Def Leppard song. It starts off where it's like, down, da 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 guitar oh. and then it comes in and then he goes drums <laughs> i'm pretty sure in it. the 80s if you made a song and you're a rock band there was a contract that said you have to say guitar before the guitar solo it's yes. in so many songs like guitar yeah um, and hey and oh in succession at yeah. least one time in the song yeah Hey, y'all, I wanted to, <laughs> I can't say, I wanted to talk to you about a drum I've recently received from Preston at Vessel Drum Co. It's an ocean patinaed 14 by five and a half snare drum, and it's incredible. It's got a 1.5 millimeter shell, brass shell, with 10 lugs, chrome over brass, triple flange hoops, a trick uh, three position strainer, 42 strand wires. It's lovely, it's loud, and it cuts and records as beautiful as a piece of butter cake. And, and Preston actually, this is why it's called the Ocean Patina, is he covers the shell with seaweed and then drops it in the ocean for a certain period of time. And then it patinas with all these crazy cool designs. And if you all remember, Preston was actually one of the first guests on the podcast. When I first started out, I didn't really know what the Big Fat Five format was going to be or if it was going to be even Big Fat Five at all. But I went to his garage, his his you know where he makes all of his drums. It was really cool. He walked me through the episode is essentially from start to finish what happens with a drum, and it was it was a really fun episode. It's now archived at bigfatsnaredrum.com, just because it doesn't fit the format of Big Fat Five. I want you to get back to the show, but go check it out. This drum is beautiful, and he actually let me use it on an Eve Six tour, and I didn't keep it and i regretted it ever since then just because i was trying to pinch pennies at the time and i just kept thinking about it and so the opportunity to get it again was presented and it is one of my favorite drums so the ocean patinaed 14 by five and a half snare drum check it out reach out to me go to vessel drum co the instagram's just at vessel drum co and check it out it's amazing it's beautiful sounds great bye uh the song I picked is, uh, I mean, we could pick a lot of these. I, I, I really love their first two records. Mm -hmm. I picked the song um, Get Innocuous, which okay. is also on Sound of Silver. And maybe maybe jump to around one minute, 30 seconds, um, and then we can talk about it. I, I mean, I picked that song because when I, you know, I do a lot, I've, I think I've talked to you about it, but I do a lot of audio library work um, mm -hmm. and like kind of jingle stuff. And you very often get the, the like call for like, oh, do something kind of with an LCD sound system vibe. And it's like, that's my favorite thing to do because it's like 16th note, four on the floor, and then just big, da -da 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 -da. you know, it's like the first fill you ever learn is... Mm -hmm. Like that was literally the first fill I ever learned, which maybe isn't that interesting because it's probably a lot of people's first fills, but it's just such. It's Let's just, talk about that, Gunner. Um, <laughs> it was a Motley Crue song. Uh, there's a big outro. I think it's a song. Girl, don't walk away, mad girl. Just walk just away. Just walk away. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like at the end of the song, I think it's this song. There's just a big like. Da -da 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 -da. I can't even remember the song, but I just remember having 
they weren't drumsticks. It was two pieces of wood as a child. And I remember like playing, kind of like pretending to play along and then being, and then doing that and being like, oh, I think I can play the drums. And then like, <laughs> that was all it took. But yeah, I mean, that beat and that fill is in all of their songs. And it's just, oh, it just, it's the right one. And, um, it's so hard to get right, too. I know you're saying how it's elementary in the first thing, but for someone to go from 16th notes to having a clean... Da, 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 but I take that back in a way because a lot of his fills on, on this record aren't clean. They kind of have, like, he's definitely, like, kind of teetering towards the right-hand lead. You can kind of hear it's yeah. not even, but that's kind of what makes that record cool Yeah, is that it is kind of rigid but sloppy in a way. Yeah, um, I mean, like, on, I mean... Wait, which record? The Sound of Silver. Which record is uh, All My Friends on? Because he does That's that. That's on Sound of Silver. Yeah, he does that fill probably a hundred times in that song. And it's always, it gets longer and longer, you know? Yeah. It's probably all James Murphy because everything we've been looking up, it's been him. But I don't know. Maybe that one's Pat Mahoney. So I actually, um, if you're done, I can actually, this is a great segue into I'm my done. next choice. I'm I'm done. Um, anyways, uh, so this one is actually, and I wish I had more of a backstory on him, but the thing I do know is the sad part about his life, but it's Jerry Fuchs. I'm assuming it's not Jerry Fox. <laughs> it's F-U-C-H-S. Unfortunately, he died at a very young age, but he was such a good drummer. He died in 2009 and he has credits with some LCD sound system. Maybe he played with them before Pat did as kind of a you know, James first, James's first choice, but there's not a whole lot of history on the timeline of that. But he played in, in, in a bunch of bands. Um, my main one is uh, Maserati, is I think how you, how you pronounce it, like like the car, mm. a song called Monoliths. But the one I want to talk about is actually um, a song called Tito's Way by the band The Juan McLean. Oh, yeah, I love The and Juan it, McLean. Exactly, yeah. And so it's Jerry Fuchs on drums and the, the live version I'm not sure if he's on the record again. It's, it was really hard to find the yeah. the credits for this song. It came out in 2006, but any any time you see them playing live from the beginning until his untimely death was Jerry on drums, and so I'm assuming he's on the record too. But it was uh, the Wama Clean uh, Tito's Way uh, at Arthur Fest in Barnstell Park in Los Angeles. Okay. It's from 2005, and. That song Tito's Way, I'll 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 play the uh, recorded version of it, but definitely check out the live version of it because the 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 fake drums or the can drums are so loud in the mix, but he's also playing really hard and there's no flaming. This guy is just one of the best, just yeah. holding it down drummers. Um, and I'll play the song from the record because it actually has that same fill that Gunner was just talking about. I mean, there's probably a good chance James Murphy produced that. I wouldn't be surprised. Because Nancy, Nancy, who's in Juan McLean, was in LCD. Exactly. I mean, like that snare, it sounds like a sample from the last song. Exactly. It has that same exactly. sound. Um, and, you know, if we did our homework, we might know the answers to these questions. But you know it's what? It's your job. Hey, but, you know, l listeners, we're, we took the time out of our day to talk. You Google something, okay? Yeah, I'm not here to Google. I'm here to talk. I'm here to wax poetic. Um, <laughs> wax poetic. Um, yeah, so Jerry Fuchs, again, he's also in a band called Maserati. There's this really cool song called Monoliths. Um, also, he played with Chick, Chick, Chick. Yes, and it's, it's exclamation point. Exclamation point. Exclamation point! Yes, yeah. if you guys want to look it up, but um, yeah, he's a solid drummer. He. Uh, We're just gonna give all the listeners kind of like a homework assignment. <laughs> yeah, there's something um, exciting about getting into kind of like a more famous, well-known, large catalog band later in life. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of like finding like a new show on Netflix, like you didn't know about, but has eight seasons. It's like, oh, this is great. You know, totally. like I got into like Pink Floyd super, not super late, but late 20s, early 30s. And I remember 
making the choice to get each record, uh, you know, in its order. Yeah. And it was, and I knew like, you know, I knew so many of the songs just from the ether of the world, but I had never really gone into it. And it was just so exciting. I've been kind of doing that again with the talking heads, like starting at the beginning. And, um, I mean, we all have a little more time than (laughs) maybe we're, we're used to right now. So, you know, I've been doing a lot of long drives between, New York and Maine. So like, I've been just listening to like so many podcasts and so many, I listened to like all the Van Halen records on a drive the other week, you know, it, yeah, it's, it's fun. Have I mentioned Van Halen enough on this podcast? Um, please, please. The floor is yours, Gunner. I want to give a shout out to uh, big fat snare drum for making a really awesome product with visionary drums. Is that what it's visionary? Visionary drum. Yeah. Just yeah. one drum, just one drum. Um, yeah, super sweet Eddie Van Halen inspired big fat snare drum. It's super awesome and I love it. All the proceeds went to Music Cares as well. So Yeah, and anybody who wants to talk shit about it on Instagram is a piece of shit in my opinion. <laughs> oh, we had some trolls on that post. I'll tell you what. Oh, I, think, I know. I you had you, you had some major trolls, some drum company trolls. Oh my gosh. Um getting loose with Gunner. Hey guys, we'll be right back with the show, but I wanted to talk real quick about Waves Audio. I use an endless amount of their plugins, including the Vocal Writer for this podcast, and for my drumming, I use the SSL channel, Abbey Road Saturator, CLA Drums for that easy, quick, polished sound, and, and many, many more. We're an affiliate member, and if this show brings you any sort of value, please kick the please kick. <laughs> please click the link in the show notes to make your next purchase. It supports me directly and helps keep the show going. So, all right, now back to the top five ways to make soup. Wait, who's up now? Am I up? I think it's me. I think it's me. Well, yeah, because you just had... You, you just, just went... No, 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 no. You just went. <laughs> you, Gunner. <laughs> uh, you, uh, you did the Wall McLean. I'm going to talk about... Do you know the band Little Dragon? Oh, yes. I've seen... I actually technically... I, it's one of those things where you're like, I played a festival with them. I played the shitty side stage four blocks away from them four years ago. And, but yes, I, I did, I did see them. Uh, the last f- festival I've ever played, which I'm hoping, I'm hoping is not the last festival I will ever play, but uh, <laughs> sometimes it feels like it. Um, yeah. I play with Fisher Spooner and they played right after us on the same stage. And I just, it was, I had, I had no, I didn't have any gear. It was all like backline. So like, I just kind of walked off stage, had a beer and then just like waited on the side of the stage, like waiting for them. And then they kind of like walked past me and I was like, Hey, have a great set. You guys, I love you. I've been, I play with Fishy Spooner and they didn't care, but oh, they they were kind of nice, but, um, it was really fun. Um, I've seen them probably 10 times over the years like they're they're one of my very favorite bands uh their drummer their drummer's name is eric Boden or baden they're swedish and um if you haven't heard this band i i just i recommend them with everything i have their their first record is a little more kind of r&b leaning uh in a great way my friend Gray and I kind of heard about them because Michelle and Deggio Cello, I think, had a blog years ago and kind of featured them on her blog. So she's a person that we like. And we're like, okay, if she thinks this is cool, let's listen to it. Yeah. And uh, their trajectory has kind of like gone a lot of places, but it, it, it feels like it started kind of in an R&B background. And then, you know, they there's dance music. There's a lot of cool electronic stuff. Um, there are four piece. So it's kind of, it's uh, live keys, live bass, live drums. Yukimi sings. Mm-hmm. And then um, all the track stuff, at least for a while, it was always being triggered in real time on like an SPDS. And they were kind of one of the first bands. Like I give Eric credit being like, Oh, that's the way I want to do an electronic live show where there were certain sounds on SPDS, but it was all played and it wasn't, um, there wasn't any backing vibes. It was just like, if you want a sound, you hit this machine that makes the sound. And, you know, like now it kind of feels like everybody does that kind of thing, but 
this was like early 2010s, maybe like 2008, 2009, and it was just, oh, that it just really appealed to me. Um, the song I want to refer to is, this is another one that I couldn't, I didn't really want to pick one song. Yeah. Um, I wanted to do two quick songs. Yeah, I want to do one song and a, and a second song. Um, make my editing uh, life way better. Yeah, let's, let's choose five. <laughs> um, the first song I'm going to pick is uh, it's on the album Ritual Union. Okay. And it's called Shuffle a Dream. I mean, the, same, the name of the song is Shuffle, and he's like, it's like the most literal. He's playing a shuffle with the kick, so do, 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 and then like a 12 8. It's just, it's one of those beats that it's almost surprising that it can be a dance beat. You know, it's like a, it's, it's like you take a waltz or something and you just speed it up, and it, it's one of those beats that I, I would arguably say isn't cool, but I think the first time I actually heard this song was they were playing it. I saw them play this song before the record came out, and he's playing that part. Like, it's not a... I don't know how they do it on the record, but it, was, it sounds live on the record, too, but he's, you know, yeah. like, not stopping. Like, right hand is not stopping. And he's... He's kind of in the James Gadson world of like, he's not a hard hitter. He's like pocket right there, but energetic. And I just remember thinking like, damn, like I come from like, you know, like I mentioned punk rock, like you play, like your right hand never stops. And Me so too, like yeah. I appreciated it, but it was so light and really groovy. And um, I didn't really want to, I didn't really know what song to pick for this. I just knew like, oh, I'm going to pick one of their songs. Um, and then I want to quickly just have you play a little of the song that comes after that song, which is called please turn and jump to about a minute and 20 seconds and live. He would play, he was playing the intro of the song on a SPDS and snare. And then at a certain point he goes to the hi hat and you'll definitely hear when that happens. And it's really cool. I love that they have two songs back to back with the same beat, but until he comes in with a hi hat, it's ooh da do do ga do da do do da do da do do and then they kind of go into this like six eight world, yeah. which is really cool. And I don't know, just watching someone play that beat for <laughs> four minutes straight is just really awesome. <laughs> When I saw them live, he definitely seems like he's the leader of the band. Everyone is always referencing him. They're always looking at yeah. him. It seems like he's the one that's giving all the cues. Not only like I have the sample for this next verse, but right. it seems like he's kind of the ringleader of the whole thing. Very possibly. I know he also sings like the backing vocal. Like her voice is so amazing. And then like there's all these harmonies on the record and then he'll sing them live with her while doing like a beat like that. It's just... I think he's Eric Bowden. I think he's one of the most underrated by far. Like he, he could just be a star drummer, but mm -hmm. he's, he's that thing that I kind of always wanted to be. Like he's a drummer in a band. Like that's yep. his band. That's his identity. And it's so cool. And um, yeah, Eric Bowden and Pat Mahoney, which we've been talking about who we actually haven't heard yet um, are two of the people that, people uh comments that people chimed in with saying they wanted to hear us talk about uh for the Sweet. record um yeah 
I, I, I do remember what, when I saw him, maybe it's not how he always does it, but his hi-hat was like eyebrow height. I remember because he's, yeah. he's very articulate on the hi-hat, but he still has it very high, which is, I don't know how he does it. But um, He also, right. real quick, he did a thing that I've stolen a lot where he would have his hi-hat. I, I've always kind of had my hi-hats not super, um, I don't know how you would even call it. Like, like when you set up your hi-hats, are they pretty close together? Are they far? Like, what would you say? It really depends on what I'm doing. Yeah. If I'm doing, yeah, if I'm doing a lot of like electronic stuff where I just need that to get, then I'll be really close together. But if I want, yeah, if rock, I guess I'm more far apart. That's a bad okay. answer, but so no, no, it's, it's one of those things that like, I don't know what you even call like the distance between your hi hats. I've always kind of kept mine. There's just a way I like it to feel to not mm-hmm. be too far from each other. Mm. I don't like that feeling like I have to stomp down on the hi-hat to get it to close. Mm. So I usually have it, you know, I mean, there's a level of where, you know, metal drummers will sometimes have it so they can take their foot off of it and play it and have it sound like an open hi-hat. I don't quite have it that close, but I remember seeing him play live and he had his, his hi-hats were super far away from each other when they weren't playing. Or when, really? he, when his okay. foot wasn't on it. And he was doing stuff where he would... I don't know if his foot was completely off the hi-hat, but he was riding the top hi-hat symbol when, it, when they weren't touching. And I'm just like... It's like one of those things you're like, why does nobody do this? And it yeah, sounded... It's like a tiny, thick ride symbol, essentially. Yeah. yeah. And it sounded really cool. And um, yeah, I just remember like... I, it doesn't really work that often, but I remember him doing that and be like, "Oh, you're allowed to do that? That's cool." It's like a it's like a little mini ride symbol. Yeah, he's uh, a, he's a great drummer, and I, I I agree, he's very underrated. All right, so mine is gonna my fourth one is the band is called Wolfpack, and oh. yes, so the song is Dean Town by Wolfpack, and Dean D E A N Town two words. Oh, it's and a play on Teen Town. Oh, I didn't even know. It's a, but, it's, a uh, it's a big like uh, Jocko Van Halen Pist- song, Jocko Jocko Pistorius weather report. Oh, okay, uh, so yeah, the drummer is Jack Stratton, <laughs> and they also have this dude uh, who is in the band. He's like the multi instrumentalist. His name is Theo Katzman. And the cool thing about this, every time I've seen them live, it's uh, a Jack is playing just the rims. He he's playing the rim of the floor tom, and then just the kick and snare. But he's stomping his his hi hat on the downbeat, just quarter notes, and Theo is actually doing the da 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 da. But because he's doing his open hi hat, it comes across as tickets, 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 and so the 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 two of them make this disco beat. That's cool. And then it's really cool because it sounds even on the record. I'm assuming it's the same process because it sounds kind of like it's two people playing it. That's a they're a band that I've I I haven't really gotten that far into. Like I know that they're awesome. Mm. Um, there's probably a part of me that's like afraid to go down the rabbit hole of them. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it, that's pretty undeniable music. Well, they they play with a lot of drummers too. I know uh, James Gadson has played with them. They yeah. uh, Nate Smith has played with them. Yeah. But Jack Stratton is like their main drummer, and. Uh, he has this fun thing. I'll I'll drop it in the show notes. But he has this mock drum solo. He's he, he's at a festival and they're playing a song. He's just grooving and then he pulls over his microphone. And he's like, um, "So you guys probably never remember your best like the best drum solo you've seen, but you definitely remember the worst." And then he throws <laughs> away the mic and he just does this like the just the funny the stumbling down a stair worst drum solo and then just counts it off and then go back into the, just this this stanky groove. Yeah. And Jack's awesome, man. He does not take it seriously, but he's also an amazing drummer. That's awesome. 
Yeah. You know, I'm I'm always up for a really bad drum solo. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is my last one. Yeah, because that was my number four and you started, so yeah. Um, this was another drummer um, suggested on that thread of by by humans that listen to this show <laughs> or bots we um, pay for a lot of bots but it, it fell into that category of like oh i want an excuse to talk about that drummer mm. um and ordinarily i feel like you wouldn't talk about this drummer in this category but uh that's what's fun about this pick is um <laughs> it's the drummer john theodore oh okay um and I feel like a lot of us probably know who he is. I, like a lot of people, found out about him uh, through the Mars Volta. Uh, he's done a lot of stuff, but yeah, this he, is quite a reach for this topic. So I'm really curious how you're going to. It's tie quite this a reach, in. Uh, but for the last <laughs> few years, he's been playing with Queens of the Stone Age, mm-hmm. uh, another f- very favorite band of mine, and. My favorite thing about Queens of the Stone Age is that they're a rock band, but their music has a danceability to it. Their last record, Villains, was produced by Mark Ronson. And mm. I don't know if that actually, I, I don't know how much of his influence, you know, is on the record. I would imagine quite a lot since they decided they could work with anybody, right? Um, yeah. But uh, I'm choosing this, the first song from the record called Feet Don't Fail Me. And you could you could kind of jump to about, I would say, a minute 35. There's a long kind of intro to the song. But when the beat comes in, uh, you'll see why I picked it. Great. Two things about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, if it's not, if you're not about to say it's great, then we should just end this right now. Um, They're both really good thoughts, by the way. <laughs> they better be. Uh, it's great because um, the thing I thought about today that I wanted to say <laughs> when we talked was it's kind of like, what would it sound like if John Bonham played a disco beat? Sure. Um, so he's literally playing the disc, like the. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has such an interesting sound. I know on a lot of their, I think almost all of their records, it's pretty well documented that they'll, uh, very often record the cymbals and drums separately. And I, I have met John once very briefly. We (laughs) not long enough to talk about this, but we have a mutual friend that mentioned that when they were working on this record, that was how they also did it. Um, and it just it's really cool because obviously like you think Mark Ronson you think big pop hits and yeah. so there's obviously like something they wanted to have him involved with on this record and i don't know if 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 he gets credit for the production or what level he was a part of it but he's made a lot of big pop electronic modern dance music and here we have this song with like literally like a disco drum beat but it's it, it's super blown out, um, and I think because the symbols were probably recorded separately, they they're panned in really interesting ways, and who knows how he played it. But I've also seen I've seen him play this song live, and it feels amazing. And um, yeah, just I, I I thought it would be a fun song to throw into the mix because I'm a very uh, I'm a hard hitter. I like rock, but I also love dance music. And I feel like this beat is kind of something I pull from this kind of a, I call it like caveman dance beat where it's like power rock, but playing like just a very precision dance beat. And it just speaks to me. I think it's fucking awesome. No, it is fucking awesome. And the two things I was going to say is it sounds like David Bowie, actually, the, the, the vocals on that. Totally sound like it would be like a modern day David Bowie, which is super cool. And I was going to pick up, I was going to pick a Bowie song for this, mm. but, um, so it, it makes sense because that's what 
all of our favorite music does is kind of piggybacks on these great things, right? So 100%. It, it makes, yeah. you know. And the second thing I was going to say is, uh, and this sounds bad towards uh, Josh and, and, and the crew. Sorry, my damn chair. Uh, but this sounds bad towards Josh and the crew, but I mean this in the, in the best possible way because it's hard to execute. But the elements of that song, like if you were to isolate just the guitar or just the vocal melody or just like all the ideas are so cheesy in a way, like kind of a little more um, like the way that the, just like the the rhythms they were doing, but the way they do it, it just sounds so badass, yeah. you know, and maybe I'm not articulating it well, but just the, yeah, just how, how the, how the guitar was kind of going off the vocals and the drums were kind of hitting with the guitar. It's like, that's what you do when you're in a garage, when you're in high school, you like, Oh, this has to go da 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 But it's, they, they make it sound so undeniably badass. And that's how you, that's how you know you you have that X factor, you know? Yeah, I think that's like what a good song is. It's something that, like you said, it's like, it's very familiar. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I, have I heard this before? But it's being done uh, by people that just know what they're doing. So they're just killing it. And um, yeah. yeah, when that record came out, I wasn't really sure what to think about it because it's pretty different sounding than a lot of the records. And I've come to appreciate it as this thing that, exists in this certain place and um but yeah that song is really cool i love that drum beat yeah john's awesome when i saw him live he had his red vista like kit and i remember for someone who and this is obviously you're going to credit the live sound engineer but for how hard he was hitting his drums sounded so tonal so good it's not like he sacrifices any kind of you know, deadening the drum because he's hitting him so hard, like I do a lot. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, he's he's a great drummer. He, he's kind of the anti-drummer too, because I've heard from a lot of people that he's not really part of the scene of drummers. He's like just a surfer guy that yeah sits behind the kit and go, oh no, I'm gonna kill this, but I don't I don't want to talk about gear. Yeah, you know? I mean, I have friends that went to college with him, and they were kind of like they admitted they were a little surprised that he became this kind of rock drum idol because they're like oh yeah he just like kind of showed up to like band practice and like he sounded good yeah and just like yeah i don't know it's like (laughs) when it's time to shine you shine i mean yeah it's i wish i was more like that just didn't you know didn't get caught up in all the 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 muck of of the drumming industry well like you said um, your job most of the day is kind of to have to police all that because you're doing Instagram stuff. People are tagging you guys and everything. Yeah. You're going to see every, <laughs> you're going to see everything for better or worse. Yeah, definitely. So, so, Most of know, it's worse. <laughs> so what we're saying is guys, please really, really think, do I need to tag big fast snare drum in this? Because Ben has to legally watch the entire thing. And, you're not gonna. You're not gonna get an endorsement out of it. You're not getting endorsed. And you know what? Just go. Just go freaking buy them. They're not that expensive. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I, uh, I'm gonna plead the uh, the fifth, sixth, and seventh on that. So. <laughs> All right, my last pick. We're is, still doing uh, this. <laughs> one more. One more. <laughs> my last pick is Devo. Yes. And it's yes. So it's uh, Girl You Want. We already, I think, talked about we're going to have a whole other episode on when songs start off, you don't know where the one is, which is actually, I guess, already happened on this episode a few times. Hey, but real quick, can a, I can I interrupt yeah. you, which yes, I love please. to do? Um, we have talked about that. And on Once in a Lifetime, which we talked about five hours ago, supposedly when they were, when the song was kind of coming to fruition, Brian Eno, the producer, was hearing the top of the phrase on beat three and he kept telling the band like i hear it on the three but i want you to hear it wherever you hear it and they're like cool we don't hear like (laughs) obviously we don't hear it. we were doing that yeah but um i read that today and then listening to it there are things that come in and out on the three of the beat like new sections which i feel like was his way of kind of like deciding he was going to force that on you a little bit but like you said like when we listened to that blonde redhead song earlier and you didn't know where the beat was 
Like that's the best thing. I love that when you don't know where the beat is. So I just want to it's say that real quickly. It, yeah. it, it, and and I feel like if you're, I feel like a good um, barometer of how you are as a listener is can you hear it both ways, which is really fun. All right, Devo, right. go. What song so is up. it? Uh, it's called Creep by Radiohead. <laughs> Oh, I knew you were going to do that. Um, yeah, so it's Girl You Want by Devo off the album Freedom of Choice. And I really, the first few times I heard Devo play was with Josh Fries playing live with them. I've never seen them live, but a lot of the live videos are like, oh, this band's rad, was Josh Fries. Yep. Um, and he was a huge fan of them growing up. But the, the, the drummer that's on this record and the album before it called Duty Now for the Future is Alan Myers. And I honestly think that Alan is, again, similar to Eric Bowden or Bodden, is a, a very underrated drummer in the sense of what he did to drumming. Um, so Devo, they're not proggy, but they almost are. A lot of their, their yeah. songs are in like 13, 16. And Alan <laughs> had a good way of doing like, do that, do, do, do. He would do these tom fills and fills that would set up the listener. You're like, oh, I didn't even realize this was in a weird time signature. It just sounds so rad. But so the 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 approachable song is 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 girl you want. But um, yeah, it's just again four on the floor. And I've actually heard a story that this song was written because they heard my Sharona, and they were like, we want to try and write a song in that vein, and okay. that's what girl you want became. That but, was playing uh, a lot when I was when I was a kid. Like my uncle, my mom, like like immediately I'm just like, oh, I get this weird like, uh, you know, when like you had this weird memory, but it also like involves like a smell <laughs> almost. You know, it's like no, totally hearing this song. Like I just get immediately brought back to being a kid, and yeah, like hearing it at my like uncle's loft or something in Brooklyn. <laughs> So That's Alan great. Myers, uh, unfortunately, I don't think he's with us anymore, but he, he, uh, it's so weird because you think of Devo as being kind of uh, no boundaries and what you want to do, but he left the band claiming that he didn't have artistic uh, fulfillment. Oh. Um, so I think he was only on a few records and then they had other people. But Alan Myers, I guess when I think of the Devo drummer, it's Alan. Yeah. And he's just, yeah, he made he made prog rock slash dance rock approachable, and again, listen to those those two records, and you don't it doesn't really feel kind of like when I was like, oh, is that song in six? A lot yeah. of these Devo songs, they just feel like they're dancey and groovy, but it's actually in really weird time signatures. Did he play that beat on Satisfaction? That's one of my favorite beats. Like I remember hearing that and thinking like, that's not what you're supposed to do as a drummer. <laughs> Something you don't have to mention on, we can like cut from this, but uh, like the second day I was playing with Maynard, like, cause we played for like a week before he showed up. Yeah. And uh, I, I was hearing all these stories about him and, and honestly I was like pretty terrified to meet him because I, not that like I heard he was like mean or bad or anything. I just like, he's just very specific and I couldn't help but like worry that, Maybe like when he showed up, he'd be like, who the fuck is this guy? Get Jeff back here or something. <clears throat> and like it's day one, we're like playing stuff and he's like, he's being nice. Like, I think I was so scared that when he actually was just like being completely normal, I was like, oh, my, this guy's amazing. 
And um, like halfway into like the rehearsal, he just looks at me and goes, Devo, satisfaction, go. And I was like, what? And I just started kind of playing the that beat, you know, like, which like I kind of know, like, but I don't, you know, I knew it. I know it enough to like do a, a like, how does that go? And then you kind of play it. Yeah. And I remember doing that. And he goes, okay. And I was like, oh my God, thank God. You can have guacamole in your burrito now. Like, what if I, what if I was like, what, who, you know, like. That would have been bad. That would have been bad. So, um. So yes, I guess it is off. Uh, the album's called "Question: Are We Not Men?" Answer: We oh, Are Devo. That is a great record. I do have two. I'm not even going to play them. I just the song or, or the the band is Husky Loops. They're a British band. They're Ooh, really cool. I know. And them. then I also wanted to find uh, a way to incorporate <coughs> the Kills, which is my favorite band. Yeah. But they aren't really dance music, and I couldn't find the, a, a great song. I'll save those for another podcast. But. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to. I again, I want to say, this isn't any way an official <laughs> list of songs of dance music drums. It's just I, I think what we were going for with this was like, what are times when drummers are playing things that maybe could be a programmed beat, but it's not, um, and it's probably actually not the case at all, but. I just I feel like there's so many like there's so many building blocks of drums that we haven't talked about in this kind of genre, uh, mm-hmm. like '70s disco, like '80s, like a bunch of stuff. But um, we're not here to teach you things. We're here to tell you what we like, and then you, on your own time, Google it, um, or Bing it, or Bing it, or ask Jeeves maybe his <laughs> yes. opinion on it. <laughs> Alta um, Vista, you know. Ask Jeeves, big fat snare drum endorsement form. Like, where do I find that? You know, you know yeah. how it works. So do that the on your usual. own time. Do that on your own time. Well, thank you, Gunner. And uh, that is that is it for Save It for the Pod Part 2. Dance drummers, bye. <laughs> and that's the show. Be sure to check out BigFatSnareDrum.com and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at BigFatSnareDrum. The audio you're hearing was edited in part by Isotope RX8 Audio Editor, so go check that out at isotope.com. Cheers.